back to Toronto today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. In about eight minutes, we'll be joined by James Myrtle, editor-in-chief at The Athletic TO. Connor Brown, extended three years for the Leafs. We'll get, we'll get primed. Folks, it's almost Labor Day, right? This weekend, long weekend. That means training camp's right around the corner and another Leafs season. Like You can just, you just start to taste it. Evening's a little cool, morning's chillier, hockey's right around the corner. And for Connor Brown, 20 goals last year. Uh, so that tells me, obviously, that he's a part of their core. And you lock up another piece of that core. And this Maple Leaf team, like, boy, it seems like, it seems like the sky's the limit for these guys. It just seems like they are doing everything the right way. And I don't know about you, but it's still... I'm starting to get used to it, but it's still hard for me to wrap my head around that this team is good and they're not screwing things up like they have for years. Like that that's difficult for me to do. Producer Joe Narsen. Joe, have you wrapped your head around that the Leafs are actually good and they're this front office is not gonna panic or do any st- stupid things like Brian Burke or John JFJ or whatever and, and, and make mistakes of the past? Yeah, I really have. I know it sounds crazy because most often than not, you expect I'm a trying crazy to. moment for the Leafs. But yeah. here's, I think, what was the biggest kind of point in change in Maple Leafs history. When Shanahan came, mm-hmm. everything that he was not good at, he hired the best man for the job. Great point. There was an ego, Joe, right? He was egoless. Yes. In that I'm... That's what makes great managers. You don't if you you're not strong at something, you bring in the best to do it, compliment it, and you oversee it. And Shanahan, with no front office experience, he he did that. Right. He looked at his team and he said, Okay, I cannot coach. Yeah. I'm gonna get the best coach in hockey. He did it. Got him. Him and his originally he was kind of leading the two assistant general managers. There was rumors they made a couple moves they weren't too happy with, and he said, you know what, this is not how it's gonna work. I need a person that nobody can intimidate when I'm on when he's on a trade call. Yeah. He grabbed the godfather of hockey oh. in Lou Lamarolo. And and have him be able to groom these other two in Hunter, right? And um and be able to to grow and, and maybe groom the next one from within and show how things are done at a high level. Like you can't argue with the results of Lou Lamarello. No. And what I think And Dubis, I was thinking his name. Dubis and Hunter, yeah. And what I think a lot of Leaf fans now feel me me specifically while watching this team, their moves are calculated. Lou Lamarillo doesn't sign a player to a contract he doesn't like, and Ilya Kovalchuk is not an example of that because Ilya Kovalchuk was signed by the ownership. When True. Lou Lamarillo, like for me, I'm hoping the Leafs re-sign Lou Lamarillo because he's in his last year of a three-year deal. Lou has to sign Matthews and Marner. Yeah. That that has to be one of his jobs because. He has proven in his countless decades running show in the NHL. And winning. He knows what he's doing. And winning. Right? That's that's the, the, the difference. He's winning. You're right, Joe. And he's bringing it, and everything seems to make sense. Like, it's it's like this is, this is how a good organization is run, and we haven't been privy to it in so long. Like, since Cliff Fletcher, for me, really... I guess, well, Paquin, they had the success, obviously, in the early 2000s. But never once have you heard Toronto fans go, oh, you signed a 27-goal scorer who won a gold medal 
with a great name like Patrick Marlowe? Why? Yeah. It's too early. Yeah. Toronto has now become an overly educated hockey market for how comf- how comfortable it's been following this team in the last two and a half years. And that's what's been impressive to watch. And you're right. It's so surprising. Being a, somebody who watches the Leafs and anytime you're a fan of the Leafs, it's the conversation has changed so drastically. Oh, it really has. It Be- really has. Because even in the years with Pat Quinn, the youth core that was there was Stage and Steen and Wellwood. Mm-hmm. Arguably, Steen is the best... Well, not arguably. Steen is the best player out of those three. But at the time, Wellwood had a lot of potential. Jason Spezza was a, was a part of a deal that Wellwood was traded for in the OHL. He was not just a run-of-the-mill yeah, guy. Yeah, But you didn't have the same um, upside, right? No. It, it was more like, okay, here are guys we trade... That was the Leaf way. Trade for guys, sign big free agents, and try to go in a win now. But, na- but what the Leafs are doing now is you're trying to win now all of a sudden... But you're also having this young core that can grow together. Like, that's so different. Yeah, and having this youth around, since I would say you looked at, you know, Wendell Clark or even Felix Potvin being a Leaf player that came up through the system, Mm -hmm. there hasn't been this level of talent and skill in youth that can dominate since the kid line back in the day. Like, in the, what, 20s? Like, you have literally three Back when you were a young man. Yeah, back back in the day. A can yeah. of Coke was a penny. <laughs> exactly. So we'll go over what the Connor Brown signing means with James uh, James Merle. Look ahead to the to the season. Uh, you heard in Tim Haffey's update, yeah, Art Bryles being signed as an assistant head coach by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And we're going to bring on Bruce Arthur at uh, 12.30 to talk about that. Toronto Sports columnist, of course, good friend of the station, of the show. Uh, Bruce... As are, are many people, yeah, not not too happy with with this signing. And if you don't know the Art Briles story, you can check Bruce uh, tweeted out uh, some links at Bruce underscore Arthur. Uh, that was the Baylor scandal, where it was it now has come out that Art Briles knew about just a, a slew of uh, alleged sexual assaults and rape from his players and chose not to report it. So you're hiring this guy who's been out of coaching, right? Whether he's a good coach or not, not not really the point. You're bringing him in. Boy, that's the type of PR I don't know if you want if you're the Hamilton Cats, You're 0-8. Ken Austin stepped down as head coach. June Jones brought in. He was living in Hawaii. A lot of NFL experience, former NFL head coach, collegiate level. He's now the new... He, he was brought in as assistant head coach, got promoted to head coach, and now Art Bryles is in. It's, it's making North America wide news. We're going to go over that with, with Bruce Arthur in a, uh, at 1230 and, and see. Like, it, might be, it might be at the point where even if you feel he can help the team, is it worth it? Is it worth bringing in this publicity that's, that's negative? Like, we're not talking about a team that struggles for, for fan base or, or to make a splash news-wise. So it's uh, something we'll, we'll track. Again, we'll go over that with Bruce Arthur uh, in a little bit. But our uh, Blue Jays Twitter polls, Marcus Stroman goes to the, the Hill tonight against the Boston Red Sox. What's your interest in the Jays? What is it right now? Like, it's August the 28th. 
the Jays are beyond even, I think, the most optimistic fan thinking that they're going to be able to come back and make the playoffs. It has to be at this point. That went out the window over that weekend at Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field, you lost the Cubs, you're done. You're 61-69. and You're 12 games out of first. We know that's been... Not not even close to reality for a long time. You're six games out of the wild card spot, so th- so it's done. It's over. But what's your interest in the Jays the rest of the way? Like, do you want to see youth? Do you just want to go out if it's a nice day at the ballpark and, and sit there? What is your interest? Is it still high? You love the Jays no matter what. You're one of the hardcore fans. Win lost for twenty years doesn't matter. Do you have a little interest because there's no wins? But maybe if they go on a run, you could, your interest could be peaked. Or no interest. Season is done. Let's look to next year. I'm going to put myself in the little interest, no wins, because depending on who they bring up when the rosters expand in September to get a look at some of the youth, maybe, depending what names you bring up, I could be interested. But I'm on to next year, and I'm not overly bullish about next year. Like, I think for, and we'll let's see what the official offseason message is. And you can vote in that poll, by the way, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Uh, no interest season done leading the way, by the way, at 50%. Like, if the message is the same as it was before, that we think we can still win with this core, I'm not buying it, man. You're going to try to Jose Bautista again? Love Jose. Love what he's done. Uh, he's not an everyday right fielder. Is Justin Smoke going to be able to duplicate what he did this year? Maybe. He's never done it before. What about left field? What about second base if Devin Travis doesn't get back to being a healthy? And he hasn't showed he can stay healthy. Pilowitzki? Catcher with Martin? Like, there are so many holes. So, just say, all right, hey, you know what? Eh, the season's a mulligan. We'll be back. Well, really? Because you want that second wildcard spot, and you don't have to be a great team to go after the second wildcard spot. The Minnesota Twins are 67-63 and 63 and have the second and final wildcard spot. One and a half games up on both the Angels and the Mariners. So you don't have to be great, but you still got to be over 500, and the Jays are eight games under 500 right now. So we'll get more into some Jays talk a little bit later on, and we'll welcome in James Myrtle in a few minutes. Joe, producer Joe Narsa, give me... Give me the wave off that uh, James Myrtle will be with us in a moment. Uh, and we'll also uh, go back over some sound for Mayweather McGregor over the weekend. Hear from the now 50-0 Floyd Mayweather. But we're going to hear from someone with, uh, I'd say, just, just as equally an impressive stat line and, and reputation. James Myrtle, editor-in-chief at The Athletic T.O. James Myrtle, you're, you're the 50-0 Mayweather record for me, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm retiring yet. So <laughs> you, you, you I'm, I, I'm closer to McGregor. I'm an up and comer here. You, you didn't make 300 mil in one fight. <laughs> that's a real number, James. That's a real number that that guy made. That's that's still on my bucket list. Is that, would you would you be willing to get punched around for for ten rounds for uh, for 300 mil? Yeah, I'll take uh, maybe 300 bucks. I might do. I might go for that. <laughs> <laughs> for three, oh, wow! All right, you can punch James Myrtle in the head for three hundred bucks, folks. We can uh, we can start a GoFundMe. We can do that, uh, James. I <laughs> uh, hope you've been having a great summer. Uh, Connor Brown uh, getting re-signed extension, three years, two point one mil. Now a hundred grand less 
than Zach Hyman got. Connor Brown, 20 goals. Does the amount surprise you at all that he got less than Hyman? The biggest reason for that is that Hyman's older than Connor Brown, Mm. and his contract eats up some of the unrestricted free agency years. So that's why you see that difference. I mean, Connor Brown's only 22 years old. He's that much. He's five years from unrestricted free agency. Um, I was surprised it was as low as it was. I thought he would be kind of in the two and a half to $3 million range. It's great news for the Leafs. It's great news. I mean, this is a bridge contract and this is Connor Brown betting on himself, you know, saying that, okay, I'll play for this low amount for three years, but three years from now, I'm going to have really established myself as a good NHL player. And that's when you're going to have to step up and, and pay me. So, it's good for the Leafs in that they're going to have a cap crunch in the next two or three years' time, uh, and Connor Brown's going to be really a bargain in that period. But after that point, you know, that's going to be where the Leafs are going to be making tough decisions, and one of them's probably going to be that they might have to move Connor Brown when his next contract comes due. All right, and I guess, James, for the Leafs, you have to think you'd love to be in that, that type of problem where you have too much youth, too many guys who are succeeding and be able to trade someone, let's you know, for fun, let's say a Connor Brown for assets because he's overcheating, or it gives you an option to say, all right, I'm going to go and try to get more for a Nylander because I have a Connor Brown that can kind of, and, and, and that type of thing. But the youth movement, like I was talking with producer Joe Narsa before here, James, and man, like it still feels weird to, to, to see the Leafs doing things correctly. Like it's it's still odd to me that they're actually actually doing that and be able to be able to to sign this this youth like it's a it's it's a good surprise though. Well, it flipped really fast. Yeah. I mean, that's I've covered the team for about ten years, and you know, for the first seven and a half, it was a disaster. And we were I was kind of just like chronicling everything that was going wrong and the mistakes management was was making. And you know, for a long time, it was kind of like okay, you know, here's what they should have done, here's what they did do. Now it's kind of like here's what they should have done, and that's pretty much what they did do. And I think that that's the case with this, with most of what happened this off season. I mean, I think that we can debate and argue about the Patrick Marlowe contract, and that's going to be ongoing for the next two years, I think. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think it was a relatively good off season for the Leafs. And even though that, that search for that, that defenseman continues. Right. Right. And overall this, this off season, if you kind of look at it, big picture, uh, how do you, how do you feel? Have the Leafs, Outside of the defensemen, have they, they done enough? Like, I guess if you can't get that, it's, it's not like it's easy to go out and get a top-two defenseman. Yeah, you know what? I think, I think they did enough in that the kids are going to make a progression and they're going to get better in their second season. I mean, they had seven rookies in the lineup almost every game last year. If more of those kids take a step forward as opposed to a step back, and then you add in a Patrick Marlowe, uh, you add in a Ron Hainsey just to give you a little bit mm-hmm. of depth on the blue line. You know, I think that that does make the Leafs better, and I think it at least makes them competitive enough where they should be a wild card team or better uh, this coming season. In conversation with James Myrtle, editor in chief at the Athletic TO on Twitter at Myrtle. So Connor Brown gets resigned. Marlow, as you mentioned, comes in. Where do you see Connor Brown? Is it still like that third line role? Like, how do you see kind of the pairings and and the the lines that shaken up here? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, I. <laughs> Mike Babcock really liked him in that shutdown role with on Nazem Kadri's line, so right, right. I think he's probably going to stay there. Marlowe's going to mix up the left side a lot more, and that's where it gets into, so does Zach Hyman get bumped down? Does Leo Komarov get bumped down? Um, but I think that Brown's probably, I mean, you look at, at what the Leafs have on the right side right now, and 
you know, Marner's not going anywhere. Nylander's not going anywhere. So there's your two really good offensive right wingers. And then Brown's your number three guy. But because he's so good defensively, you can play him against other teams' top lines. And he had 20 goals last year. So yeah. it's not like he's a slouch in terms of offensive production either. So the Leafs are really well set up on the right side. And I think that I, I could even see a move happening here where they need to move someone out uh, in terms of a winger just to make room for someone like Kasperi Kapanen because hmm. they've got so many forwards now with bringing in Patrick Marlowe that there's going to be some good players that aren't going to have a place to play, as in what happened with Josh Levo last year. You know, I think they need to punch a hole for one of these young guys to come in and play. Should we start another JVR uh, being shipped out of town rumor here, James? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, it's I, been a week. There was, <laughs> there was some. There were things. There was something to that talk because yeah. you know the Leafs were talking to the Islanders about Travis Hamonic right before the draft, and um, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because they, the Leafs have too many wingers. They need help on the blue line. If they can make a trade like that involving a JVR or a Komarov, guys that are going into the last year of their contract, you know, that that's something that I could certainly see happening here. If not before the season, then you know maybe some some point in before the trade deadline anyway. Right, exactly. And before we let you go here, James, the uh, our, our show poll uh, on Twitter, at TSN1050Radio, at AndyMC81, was how many goals will Connor Brown score this season? So as you said, he had 20 last year. Uh, the options 10 plus, 15 plus, 20 plus, or 25 plus. Where do you see him slotting in? I think that he's probably about the same range. I, I would say mm-hmm. 20 plus. You know, and it, the thing, he might get a little bit more power play time this season, so you know, he was kind of off and on that second power play unit. I could see him being more of a mainstay there. And so maybe I'll say, you know, 22, 23 goals probably makes sense for him. And James, if you're getting that out of a third line winger, like I'm taking that, like that's, that's tremendous value. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, he's going, going into his second season. He yeah. was a six round, he was a six round pick. You know, he's a, a guy that even in the OHL draft, when Erie took him, you know, there was a lot of people saying that he wasn't going to make the OHL. And, hmm. Then people were saying he wasn't going to make the NHL. And, you know, full credit to Connor Brown, who everywhere he's played has been one of the smallest players in the league. And he's found a way. And, you know, strength wise, you can really see it coming for him as well. So, you know, good for him. He's just, he's a real cerebral player and, and he's a hometown kid. And it's, it's a great story. Yeah. It's, it's a real good story. Uh, James, uh, obviously we want to plug the athletic TO. What are you working on and what can people look forward to when they go and uh, subscribe? Um, theathletic.com and uh, one of our writers, Justin Bourne, um, who spent last year working as the video coach with the Marlies, has a real nice piece on Connor Brown that'll be going mm. up shortly. So people can check that out this afternoon. Awesome. And they can follow you on Twitter at Myrtle. James, thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Thanks, Andy. All right. James Myrtle, editor in chief at The Athletic TO. Still to come at 1230, we will have Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star talk about the Art Bryles signing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL as assistant head coach to new head coach June Jones. Art Bryles in the Baylor scandal. We'll get into that with Bruce Arthur at 1230. And uh, you know what? Maybe we can, can do some of the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather sound here as we put a bow on the super fight. Like It seems like we've been talking about the Mayweather-McGregor fight for so long. Now that it's over, you kind of kind of. St- just just feel lost a little bit, like without that storyline in the background. Will he, won't he? Fight ended up better than I think anybody could have hoped for. Nobody was embarrassed. Guys made their money. It went 10 rounds, so you feel like you got some value. And 
You know, it was fine. Like, it's not, not going to go down as an all-time classic fight. It was okay. It was an okay fight. McGregor got some shots in early, and then he ran out of gas at the end, and Floyd TKO'd him. And McGregor, too, could say, oh, it was stopped early, and he, he was done. He was, he was absolutely gassed. I don't know if it would have been, like, a knockout. I, I don't think he was loopy on his feet. He was just exhausted. So it was the right call. If it didn't end then, it probably would have ended like 10 or 15 seconds later. But uh, we're going to, I think we have some sound here from Mayweather and McGregor. Our technical producer, Steve Eliopoulos. I'm going to have a look here. There we go. So uh, Mayweather, after the fight, he said uh, that he he didn't want to give the fans a boring fight. Um, I kept my composure. I told you guys that I would go straight ahead. I told you guys that I will I will take a little bit. I would take some shots because I would come straight ahead. And I know that I just want to get a you know go out with a bang, get the fans what they wanted to see. The fans wanted to see blood, sweat, and tears. I didn't want to get the fans a boring fight. And that's the business side of Mayweather. And that's why I feel he he toyed. Maybe toyed's not the right word, but he guided McGregor to exactly what he wanted to do. Like say what you want about Mayweather. And he's, listen, a, 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 by a lot of accounts, a monstrous human being when it comes to his treatment of women. But as a boxer, to see how he was able to guide that, cover up, be defensively sound, counterpunch, and keep McGregor at bay, and even lose a couple rounds on a few scorecards, to be able to lengthen the fight and have the business side in mind. Like, think about most of the boxers. You go in there, try to knock the guy out, get out of there as soon as you can. McGregor, let the fight go on. And he led, or Mayweather let the fight go on. He led McGregor to where he wanted to in the ring and, and then ended it exactly when he thought it would, when McGregor's internal clock hit zero at the 25-minute mark of a full UFC five-round fight. Then he finished him off. So McGregor gave his reflections on the fight afterwards. I've been watching highlights, trying to figure out what's what. I think I smoked him in the early rounds. I thought he was... I was I was pretty handily whooping him in the early rounds, and then he changed his style. He put his hands up and came down low, put his forehead on the chest, and started getting to work. And I, I wasn't prepared. For, I didn't anticipate that. You know what I mean? I had him like that, the whole camp, or even like that at distance. But he completely changed his style and he came forward. So it threw me off. And I wa- and he was composing there. I wasted my shots on the gloves. All right, that uh, was Conor McGregor there, and he said, "Yeah, the fight was stopped early." He even said afterwards, he if he had more time, he'd. He, and had another go, or like a rematch, he'd get him. I don't think we're seeing a rematch. And neither do you. Voting at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMCD1. Uh, would you be interested in seeing a Mayweather-McGregor rematch? 75% no. 25% yes. I'm in the no camp. It was a fine fight. It was, it was good. But that's enough. I don't need to see the circus anymore. Okay, we're going to take the break. Have Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star. When we come back, a reminder, folks, Toronto Today brought to you in part by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. More Toronto Today coming up on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. I'll be with you until 1 o'clock. You can follow us on Twitter at TSN1050Radio, myself at AndyMC81. 
We'll put a bow on the Mayweather-McGregor saga as Mayweather TKO'd him in 10 rounds on Saturday night. Talk some more Maple Leafs, and the Blue Jays get ready to host the Red Sox for three. But this news is trending on Twitter across North America. It is former Baylor coach Art Bryles signed by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we'll get into why this is trending for all the wrong reasons with our next guest, Bruce Arthur of the Toronto Star on the line. Bruce, how are you? Andy, how are you today? Uh, well, the, the the day got more interesting. I, I don't. That might be the word. Um, Ticats send out the release. Art Bryles, and uh, for those who who don't know, um, it it said that he it was announced that he knew about the alleged sexual assaults multiple by his his team in Baylor and did not report it. Like when you heard this news, what's your what's your reaction? Look, uh, nobody thinks that professional sports, even the CFL, which considers itself a boutique, small, fan-service, community-oriented league, nobody thinks that it's a purity test, right? Like, Mm -hmm. nobody thinks that pro sports are about always doing what's right. We've seen that even in the CFL. I mean, the general manager of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Derek Tillman, who was fired in Saskatchewan and eventually pled guilty to sexually assaulting a 16-year-old female babysitter when he was the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, Art Bryles, though, when you say that, when you say that he oversaw a program in which there were multiple sexual assaults and he didn't do anything about it, that almost, that, 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 that serves to, it isn't enough, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you actually yeah, look into yeah. the case, we have no idea how many women we're talking about here. And there's been multiple investigations. The university's investigated all those. Lots of, there's lots of back and forth on that because the university was no innocent here. Um, there, have, there are lawsuits currently pending. There have been lawsuits that have been settled. But the number was estimated. There was a Dallas Morning News story about this. I believe it was in May or March of this year. Um, one estimate was 125 women between 2011 and 2016 were either stalked, harassed, raped, or assaulted by football players. Um, that's, that number may be higher. It may be much higher because the, the culture of predatory behavior was so pervasive at Baylor that Art Bryles recruited guys who had checkered pasts from other universities who'd been kicked out of other universities. And when those players came and were alleged to have sexually assaulted, raped, harassed, whatever it is, women on campus, it was found that Art Bryles knew about almost all of this and never did anything about it, not one thing. And right up until the day that his text messages were going to be, re- like, right up until the day that his text messages were released, showing that he had knowledge of an enormous number of these cases, if not all, hmm. he was trying to sue the university for libel. This is a bad guy. Wow. Like, this is a guy who over- oversaw one of, and, and this, is, this should be thought about, one of the most disgraceful episodes of pro or college sports in North American history. And an 0-8 team, the the week before Labor Day, is desperate enough and stupid enough and callous enough to hire Art Bryles to be an offensive coach for their football team. I cannot believe that Bob Young, the owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, signed off on this. In conversation with Bruce Arthur of the Toronto Star, 
Uh, Bruce, so the, the Ticats, they put out the press release, um, and it was just it was it just kind of popped out there, and, and there wasn't really any uh, warning or anything extra about this or going above and beyond saying this, you know, we know this past or, or whatever, and this is why we're doing it. It was just put out there kind of as just regular news. They had to have known that a backlash was coming. Like, can you, can you wrap your head around why, why this move might have been made? Well, and it's not like unless they think that news stops at the Canadian border, um, then like this isn't just a Canadian story, right? Like it's trending the, all over North America. Art Briles was a major, like this was obviously a major story in the American media. Like the CFL right now, I've, I've got some calls into the CFL right now. No one's saying anything, and I presume they're working on what the hell do we do about this? Hmm. Um, because to do this. It doesn't just tar the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And you know what? A lot of things happen in sports where someone of questionable moral character is given an opportunity by a team, and there's outrage at the beginning, and then people forget about it. Michael Vick is like that. There were right. protests and then there weren't. Michael Vick had paid his debt to society. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you can say that Art Browse has. And the difference here is, you know what Hamilton, the Tiger Cats are doing this afternoon? They have a, a what is it, pigskins and heels, something like that. It's a women's football clinic. Oh. It costs $85. You get two tickets. You get to run around, learn stuff about football. That's happening tonight at Tim Hortons wow. Field. Like, the, the timing on this is unbelievable. And so I, I presume either they thought it wouldn't matter or they're just, they just don't care. And I can't believe that they don't care. Like, I, I, again, I'd, like, I'd love to hear what Bob Young has to say about the reasoning behind this, right. whether it's worth the headaches that they're about to get um and and just beyond that beyond the media reaction backlash that kind of stuff beyond alienating your fans like the cfl again i said at the beginning the cfl likes to pretend it's a different league mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways it is the players make less money they're more closely connected to their communities it's a much more ordinary person's league there have been problems obviously sure. i mean the saskatchewan rough riders went through a period where there was a ton of felonies being committed by rough riders players the Travis smith episode um, I mean, even in Toronto, when Michael Clemens was the head coach of this team, they brought in a lot of bad guys, Hakeem Hill, guys like that, Robert Baker. Um, but this is, this is tacit approval. Like, this is the first football job Art Bryles has gotten yeah. since he was fired. This is where he landed. When, when he was reported to have been associated, just advising Lane Kiffin, who was at some Florida university, who's, a, who's a, his own kind of, college football scumbag, but not at the level of Art Bryles. He distanced himself from Art Bryles, said, no, he has no role here. This guy's radioactive in the United States, which is why he's coming to Canada. And I'm just, again, I'm surprised that the Hamilton Tiger Cats either don't care or don't know about what people think of Art Bryles. It really really does surprise me. And And I'm not someone who's really surprised by morality or lack of it in professional sports or in the world. Like, right. people make bad decisions all the time. I am surprised by this. Well, and even in October 2016, when Robert Griffin III, who was with Bryles at, um, at Baylor, when he was a guest coach during camp with the Cleveland Browns, and then that backlash came down quick, and the next day he wasn't around anymore. Like, it's, it's a quick, okay, here, Art Bryles shows up, there is a wave of backlash, and then he goes away. So, as you said, like he, he was radioactive in, in the States. Um, and you, you tweeted out, Bruce, that you'd be surprised if he was on the staff come Labor Day. Like, do you think that the Ticats could back out of this and, and say, you know? 
I, I don't have any any knowledge of their thinking right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Uh, other than the fact that they decided to hire her. Yeah. But, um, I think this is going to be a very bad day for them. I think this is going to be a very bad week for them. I think the fact that their biggest game of the season in terms of notoriety is happening on Monday against the Toronto Argonauts, I think that uh, if he's still on the staff when that game happens, he's a huge part of that story. Yeah. He might be that story. Um, and, again, there are bad football coaches out there all over the place. There are bad coaches. There are college sports in the United States we know is a sewer and a cesspool. But this was extraordinary. This was a coach whose players were given almost free reign to be predators uh, on the college campus and Art Briles knew about it, and Art Briles helped cover it up and helped keep discipline non-transparent, non-internal. And Baylor is now facing Title IX lawsuits, multiple lawsuits from women, has, again, has settled some of them. Like, this guy was in charge of one of the worst things that's ever happened in North American sports. Like, like again, we don't know the full depth of this, but even if only what we know now is what happened, then the university... Said that we're, I think we were looking at 31 players and 54 rapes, but the numbers keep changing because women keep coming forward. Like as we know, with sexual assault, a lot of women don't come forward, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to celebrities, when it comes to big institutions, when it comes to something like college sports. That that that's, that happens all the time where we don't talk about that stuff. With the reaction they get, we've seen it. What happened with Jameis Winston of Florida State? It's really ugly and it's really sure. awful. Um, Again, you know, the Hamilton Targets have every right to hire our brothers. No law against it. And it's professional sports. We all know that. I'm, I'm again, just really surprised at the disregard they're showing for women by doing this. Because yeah. that, to me, is as much as, again, sports is not a place where morality and preaching go over that well in the long term. But this is extraordinary. And, I, again, I'd love to hear what Bob Young, Bob Young. Bob Young's a good man who's trying to do right by that city. And that franchise, and I, I'm, you know, he's shown a certain tolerance as every football owner in history ever has for people people having second chances and having made mistakes, however you want to term it. I honestly think this is different. This is I don't know if there's a worse guy in terms of reputation that you could have hired as a football coach in the world. Wow! And the Hamilton Tire Cats now have him on the staff. Yeah, and just brought him on and. Uh, Bruce, we're going to get to hear from June Jones and Art Bryles. Uh, Ticat sent out a media release. He'll be available to the media formally at Tim Hortons Field tomorrow, so August 29, after walkthrough at approximately 1 p.m. So Bryles is going to be there for the world. It's going to be fascinating to see what questions get asked. Yeah, I mean, good luck to that, guys, because you know what? You may get more than just Canadian media there, if I had to predict. I mean, I'm I'm on... This is the last week of my summer vacation. Uh, I've got family here. I don't know if I'm going to address this in a public forum other than this. Yeah. Um, but if anything could pull me off vacation, it's this. Wow. Like, honestly, I just, I'm, the Hamilton, t- I, I, I wonder, I wonder if it's naivete or if it's cynicism. It's one or the other. Um, and we'll see if they're right. Well, Bruce, thank you very much for taking the time off your vacation to address this, uh, this story. Again, trending across North America. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. All right, Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star on Twitter, at Bruce underscore Arthur. Track him. Bruce is uh, all over the store, even though he's on vacation. What a pro, Bruce Arthur. Uh, So, yeah, again, we have the 
Ticats sending out that tomorrow, after 1 p.m., new head coach June Jones, who replaced Ken Austin, who removed himself uh, after their eighth loss. Ticats now 0-8. It'll be June Jones and Art Bryles at the podium after 1 p.m. All right, we'll take the break. Come back to wrap up Toronto today here on TSN 1050. Back to wrap up Toronto today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. You can follow us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Blue Jays take on the Boston Red Sox for a three-game series. Starts tonight down at the Rogers Center. 707 first pitch. Marcus Stroman facing Drew Pomeranz. And the difference being, of course, the Jays six games out of the second and final wildcard spot. The Red Sox sit atop of the ALE 73-57. and 57. And how about, if we're talking baseball here, the Cleveland Indians, the, the tribe, rolling over the Kansas City Royals, outscoring them 28 nothing over the last two games. Unbelievable. This is going to be, a, if we're just looking at the American League, as the playoffs stand right now, I think it's going to be an incredibly entertaining series. Because if we started today, so you have Red Sox winning the East, Cleveland winning the Central, Houston taking the West, and then when it comes to wild card, you have Yankees and the Twins with the Angels uh, one and a half games back, as are the Seattle Mariners. So you look at the potential matchups there and moving forward. It's going to be a very, uh, I, I think in the American League especially, it's going to be a, a tremendous playoffs. Now, the question is for the Blue Jays, of course, is, well, all right, it's August 28th. We still got, what, a month left in the season? There's a ways to go. So what's your interest level in the Jays? You can vote at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. And it's all right. Hey, essentially, your options are okay. Um, still high. I'm still interested. Love the Jays. You're one of the hardcore guys. You don't care what the record is. You're watching the Jays. You're going down to the ballpark. B is little interest. They're not winning. Yeah, if they rattle off a few wins, I kind of pay attention. Or the leader on the board at 50%, no interest. Season's done. So talk to me next, next April. Talk to me when spring training kicks up. In February, then I'll be interested again. You can vote at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Producer Joe Narsa, where are you with the Jays? You, you still following every move? Six games out of the second final wildcard spot? The who? Oh, boy. Are, are you a C voter? No interest? Season's done? Who are we talking about? But, <laughs> I mean, it's, here become, all week, folks. it's yeah. become... Great, Joe. It's become hard to watch, ultimately, but with any sport... Especially baseball, because no it's every day, line. and it's so long. Right. Like, is there a worse sport to have to cover with you covering a bad baseball team for the grind? Like, that's why I feel for, like, Scott MacArthur, right? When he used to cover the Jays and Scotty Mitchell now. Like, if you're covering a bad baseball team, oh. Right now, the other issue, too, is the Blue Jays don't even have underlying storylines that fans can get excited for, because... 
The storylines that have been kind of eating the airwaves when they're bad is Bo Bichette and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Who are at least two years away. Exactly. So you can't, like, you get ready for 2020, kids. Yeah, you can't actually tangibly enjoy no. a secondary storyline. And Justin Smoke has proven he's been a great baseball player this year, and that's you see every game. The problem is you have to actually watch the game to see Justin Smoke play well. And yeah. watching the game has become very tough. The only bright spot for me, in all honesty has been the evolution of Marcus Stroman. To see this year and have him him come back. Yeah, because other than that, there's every key player that you expect from the Toronto Blue Jays to be an impact player has had a terrible season. Except for Osuna. Osuna has he, had... He's had some up and downs, but blow-ups. He's had a lot of blow-ups this year in comparison to his last few. Yeah. Josh Donaldson has been injury-prone this year. He hasn't had a you know healthy season. Tulo has had a terrible run as a Blue Jay. Devin and Travis our, injured again. Yeah, well, that's guaranteed. Yeah. And our favorite catcher in baseball, Russell Martin, still can't hit a ball. No. And he's, you could argue he's done. From a, a hitting Offensively. St- yes. Still can frame a pitch better than anyone in baseball. Uh, but yeah, offensively. And Joe, I think the storyline this offseason for the Blue Jays to see how the front office comes out and tries to pitch this to the fan base is going to be fascinating. Are you really going to come to me, like they said at the trade deadline, are you going to come to me as a fan and say this team that is right now eight games under five hundred is going to contend next year? Is that the, is that the angle you're going to go at? Because I can, I can go across the whole diamond at every position almost and pick a flaw. That doesn't, that doesn't lend itself to a one-off season fixer-upper to me. At this point so far, the management staff has almost tiptoed the line. They haven't given you a definitive answer. They said they wanted to win. They said they thought they had a chance to continue to be competitive, but they didn't bring in anybody to help the team. No, and, and I said that from this offseason, when they made the move, their big moves was Kendris Morales and Steve Pierce. I said, that's your move? So you lost to a Cleveland Indians team that was... More athletic and younger, and you got older and slower and more injury prone, and you expected to contend. Oh, by the way, you lost your best bat. It, that and the Yankees and Red Sox, they're good again. You had your window. Your blip where they weren't great is over. And now you're looking to come back to me with Steve Pierce and Kendris Morales? The only positive on, that Blue Jays fans could have with this management team is you just brought up the team Cleveland Indians. That's where these two were. Yeah. And Shapiro and Atkins had shown an ability to draft well, to find talent. They just didn't have a budget at the time they were there. Over, and they were there a long time, and now they're just getting good. Blue Jays fans interested in a decade-long rebuild? Five years? I'm not. I got a taste of winning, Joe. And I got it, a taste, and I liked it. And people forget, there's a 17% ticket increase for Blue Jays fans coming next season. Ooh. So, You're going to be able to stretch out at Rogers Center, folks. Put your feet up on the, the seat in front of you. You're going to be lots of room. I mean, looking at this team right now, do you expect a youth movement next year, or do you expect a retool? Because I expect a youth movement, because why would they waste money on this squad? I expect a retool because they're going to go half in, and that's where this team was for so long. I, I think if you're going to do it, you might as well get the pain over with and try to go full youth and, and do it, but I don't think they will because of the ticket increases you said. How much is the business side going to come into it? Because you can be, if you're around 500, like the Jays improve, I don't think they're as bad as 61 and 69. So if they were 
66 and 65, which is still not good this time next year. Well, if you take this season into account, that's the record of the LA Angels and the Seattle Mariners, and they're one and a half games out of the second wild card spot. The second wild card spot, I think, gives the illusion that you're a contender when you're really not. And that's what I think will be troubling the fans. Now, you're fighting to play a one-game playoff. But don't forget, two years ago, the Kansas City Royals won yep. the World Series with that. And that's what, that's what gave Major League Baseball two things. That's what they're going to try to sell you. But a terrible trade deadline now because everybody thinks they're in it. They're, they're, they're going to be the Kansas City Royals. And I do like the extra playoff spot. Because before that, and before the wild card, you were just three-quarters of the league was out of it by July. It was terribly boring. So I like it from the sense that you can stay in a playoff race. But if that's your meter, if that's your, if that's what you think the, the ceiling is for this roster, all right, we're going to contend for the playoffs. And by playoffs, we mean the second wild card spot. And by contend, okay, then you can sell, well, we missed it by a game and a half. We're close. Well, probably not. You're probably not that close. So if that's what the Jays are looking at this season, and if you retool... And you don't go, like, if you, you lost to the Indians, you're supposed to go, all right, who do we have to beat in a way? Right? Who do we have to beat, and how can we match them? Or at least get to be competitive. So if we face them again, we can beat them. Jeez, they're nowhere close to the tribe. Nowhere close. In any case, three games set against the Boston Red Sox later on today. Great show, everybody. Thank you so much to our guests, Jason Agnew, Zigfried Cassie, James Myrtle, Bruce Arthur. And all of you, you can follow us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio, myself at AndyMC81. Stay tuned. Mike Hogan is up next. You've been listening to Toronto Today on TSN 1050.